Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, so good. Delicious. Ah, today is Tuesday. Um, I was going to say Tuesday, 822. (laughs) It's not actually. It's Tuesday, September 28th. What's wrong with me this morning? September 28th. Um, it happens to be 822 in the morning. Um, a light rain here in Santa Fe this morning. And I'm seeing if I'm getting actual rain on my laptop, which is probably bad, right? But very little sifting through, but I am going to open my umbrella anyway, because it's, um, it's not that cold. I have my jacket on trying to figure out how I can do this to shield the laptop there. How's that? That works great. So the umbrella, the laptop gets the umbrella, not me. If it starts raining hard, I'll have to move inside, but I don't think it's going to famous last words, right? Ah, now there's something in my eye again this morning. I think it's this new mascara. Hang on. All right. It could be the mascara. Um, this is like all of these, um, myriad consequences that we're still dealing with that are so petty, um, of the pandemic. And yet it's amazing the way that they impact our lives. It's, you know, all these little ripples. So Santa Fe does not have an actual Mac store. Mac makeup is my favorite. Um, they are not paying me to say this, but I would happily take their money or product. Either would be fine. <laughs> um, so, but there is a Dillard's and I, somebody commented at one point that they wish that they, their town had a Dillard's. So, you know, I try to be glad I lived for a very long time in a smallish town in Wyoming where we had nothing and you had to drive an hour to get to really anything. I mean, it was like we had a Walmart and little shops, the, the story of small town America, right? So, you know, I, at least there's a Dillard's here. Um, but it was funny when I went to, and I think I even mentioned this to you guys, cause it was kind of a big deal where I really needed more mascara and I went to buy my more mascara and you know, it just took me a long time to get there. So I was very happy on the day that I went to buy it. Oh yeah. I did tell you guys about it. Cause I got my free lipstick. That was the score. That was my getting things free day. But the gal who was, who assisted me at the counter in Dillard was, um, you know, it, the way that like a department store, like D- Dillard's for those of you who don't live in the U S or, you know, aren't familiar, they have like all of the different makeup counters kind of clustered together in the like cosmetics area. And, you know, so there's like Clinique and you know, I don't know what all, and each one has its little section. And typically they have 
Well, I think in really flush times, there's like a person working each counter, sometimes a couple. I've been at the Mac counter in Dillard's when there were like two or three people working there. Well, not so much uh, post pandemic when they're, you know, they keep complaining that they can't getting, can't get staffing, can't hire people, but it's like, I wonder how much of this is them like trying to work their profit margins because the gal who helped me was lovely and charming um, very young and it was her very first day and she had to be fetched from another area by one of the other gals and I think it might have been the two of them working all of the cosmetic counters and she knew jack shit about mac and she was very sweet about it she's like well I guess we can learn together because I didn't bring in my empty mascara case and I never know what brand I have. I know what it looks like, right? Not what brand, you know, like which specific style, you know, and I'm like, I just know I have the kind that's good for wearing with contact lenses because it doesn't flake and she goes, oh, and I could tell she like has absolutely no idea. But again, you know, sweetness goes a long way people and she was very sweet and uh, she's, you know, gets out the different containers and none of them look like mine because of course they've changed the packaging. So she and I finally settle on the one with the curved brush because she's like I like the kind that have the curved brush and I said well you know what I do too so we'll just go with that but it is not the correct one. It's a very long story about mascara. Bear with me. Ah so let's see. I finished reading the witch hunter the Max Seek book and I could see why people why there are the reviews on Amazon that there are um it doesn't quite hold together um it's sort of this layers and layers of twists which I know people like and authors like to try to pull off but you know, and there's the um, the contention and all storytelling. That's um, what do we call it? The um, the refrigerator moment. I don't like that because it um, is confused with woman and the refrigerator, and I don't like I don't like confusing it with that because I feel like that's a really important trope to talk about and avoid. It could really just be the character in the refrigerator, but woman in the refrigerator is where it comes comes from. <clears throat> and I guess since I mentioned it, I should explain that woman in the refrigerator comes from uh, a comic strip in which I think it was a comic in which the uh, hero's uh, girlfriend was literally stowed in a refrigerator. <laughs> she was killed and found locked in a refrigerator in like a junkyard and and this was his motivation to go forward and so the the whole point of why this is a very unfortunate trope is including characters in your story who are there only to die and uh, motivate more important characters it's not great moving the umbrella because it's kind of stopped raining now get a little bit more light let there be. So um yeah so I I'm trying to remember what people call it but it has something to do with um the refrigerator plot point or something where 
if a story suspends your disbelief while you're watching it and you only think of the plot problems when you've gone to the refrigerator to get a snack there's a word for this often it's like refrigerator timing or I don't know something anyway if it's that that's okay that that's the contention is that as long as the story carries you in the moment and you don't think of the plot problems until later then they're not actual problems. Let's take a poll. Do you guys agree with this? What do you think? I would really love to hear what you think because I hear creators talk about this all the time. To me I think that's lazy plotting. I think that if you are counting on your readers or listeners to only figure out that there's a massive plot plot hole like five minutes after the story's done and they're getting a snack from the refrigerator then you know there's a problem and you're just hoping that they don't figure it out too fast right. I mean that's essentially what it's saying. <coughs> so so yeah since I finished reading the book I mean it I talked about the other day yesterday maybe it was yesterday time flies uh how intense the beginning was and riveting and oh and and it that it scared me it, you know freaked me the fuck out which is kind of the gold standard for me but it then backed off and at first I was relieved because I could not have sustained engaging with that level of intensity for that long. I really needed the breather but then there it never really regained that level of intensity. In fact it kind of petered out and I was a little disappointed because I felt like and this is something we talk about right the contract with the reader the promise in the book I felt like the early promise in the book was not fulfilled. I felt like it um didn't deliver and I even said you know and I don't usually talk books down but I figure Mexi doesn't know me and doesn't care um and I'm not really talking it down because I still think it's worth reading um and I still think the beginning is a brilliant setup um and I learned so much from reading this book but I had said to Grace um that she might be interested in reading it when I was in those early stages and she said well I'll wait for you to finish it and see if you still think I should read it because she's very um judicious about her time she has to be she's not a um a layabout like me <coughs> she doesn't she doesn't have the uh, quiet time to read that I do. So she said well I'll wait and see what you think and I said well I think it's going to be worth it unless they scooby doo the ending and you know what you guys to kind of scooby doo the ending um and I feel like so many supernatural paranormal stories do that at least ones that are set in our world like there just has to be this moment at the end where the author kind of winks and is like ha 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 um you know silly dog ghosts don't really exist. 
I'm sure that there are plenty of <clears throat> oh now you're getting umbrella shade on my face but since there's sun let's keep it that way actually that's a pretty good solution for when the sun's coming over the wall <laughs> um yeah so what's interesting is is there was a whole flashback subplot in the story and the first time the story goes into this flashback and it's of the the main character Jessica's as a younger woman when she's like 19 and the first time it goes to it you're like what the fuck does this have to do with anything and in many ways the I'm trying to think of how to say this um I thought that it would be really integral to the solution of the murder that that was why this thread was introduced and while there were some relevance um it actually wasn't and yet and there's a reveal at the end that was really cool and interesting but also kind of not related to the actual murder plot and I don't know it, it was just kind of funny but the other thing about this subplot was set the umbrella down now the other thing about this subplot was that it was really that my being very interested in that story that compelled me to keep reading it wasn't so much the solving of the murders I wasn't I don't know as invested in the solving of the murders as I was in this personal story of hers I can't make up my mind on this umbrella sorry you guys I have a little extra chime in there for you so so that's my analysis of of the book um without spoiling anything but I am doing the uh second guessing I there's we need I'm trying to think of what this phrase is you know but it's almost it's not armchair quarterbacking or Monday morning quarterbacking um but like I've started thinking about well wait what about this thread and and what was it with with that one guy um so I don't know so we'll put <laughs> I probably won't put up an official poll but let me know does I know that I am a more critical reader and and you guys have pointed that out before that um you know like world building details that are that that bother me you guys are able to overlook if you love the story so that might be the same thing you know like if you only think of the plot holes later doesn't matter um you know and it could be that that's just my my writer analysis doing that um and then I picked up this other story uh that was sort of like caught my eye that I thought was going to be like uh Victoria Helen Stone's Jane Doe which I thought was amazingly well done and this was um a gal who had self-published a a psychological thriller like this and I thought well I'll just continue on my same jaunt because it's like oh you know she's climbing the ranks and all of this you know and 
Scottish gal and I'm sort of like feeling the reading different cultures right now. And uh, I started reading that and it was just like oh honey no. <laughs> so that one I I got the sample and like I tapped out I don't know 6%. Well I probably read half the sample but I was like hmm. So we'll see looking for my next read actually I've got a few different things. Saint Martin's Press sent me a widow of Rose House which I've heard a lot of people talking about and really liking. So but it's on paper <sighs> but I might read that obviously it's on paper actually it'd be really nice if when Saint I should suggest that to them if they're going to send us the paper books for us to uh, post about and talk up it would be nice if they would also email us the ebooks for those of us who don't like reading on paper. But I am going on a little bit of a road trip this week. Um, I'm going to be heading to Tucson uh, to go see my darling mother and stepfather and stepsister and her family. So so yeah um step family uh, Brett and hope if you guys are listening to this surprise we just decided. So we're going to get to Tucson um, like Thursday afternoon and leave on Sunday. But I will um, so I will not be doing a podcast Thursday or Friday but I may go ahead and just do one tomorrow to make up for that. And um, yeah otherwise I'm working on this secret project and it's hard. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why it's just being difficult but I think I'm kind of I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think I told you guys I know that I'm probably repeating but that Jim Sorensen suggested that I just write it for myself that I stop worrying about like what Sarah wants or what other people want and just write it for myself and I think that's really good advice um, but it's also not easy advice to follow. Uh, Alas for that but I am trying to do that. Um, you know it's hard because when you're a newbie writer and you're writing things it's much easier to write things for yourself because you don't have so much information in your head about what other people want because after a while you start figuring out that uh, what you like and stuff is not what (laughs) for me not what a lot of people like and you know I don't know if that's true of all authors I've always been one of these people who's like you know a step off the mainstream. Uh, I'm never quite solidly in the how everybody else thinks. I don't know why but it's the story of my life. Actually what's weird is that I'm like ahead of things. So like things that I think are really cool and and I'll like like a few years later everybody else will think is really cool. <laughs> it's like but but when I liked it everybody thought that I was just strange and they didn't get me. So I don't know I sometimes I I've always been fascinated with the idea of how Merlin lives backwards um, which has cropped up in my stories a few times uh, alert readers will notice. But yeah so sometimes I wonder like if my my timing is just slightly off from everybody else's. Uh, but anyway 
yeah so the thing is is that we can only write for ourselves that it's that's how you have to do it because uh even if you have other voices and even if you try to guess what other people want you're still only guessing so I have to keep reminding myself of that I should make myself another poster that's something something pithy as many of you guys know I have a poster over my desk that says what would you write if you weren't afraid um, which kind of gets at that because it's that fear of writing the wrong thing or not being successful or any of those things but I need something else that's like um I don't know shut up voices <laughs> I don't know what it would be so anyway I'm gonna get to work oh I'm also gonna sneeze <coughs> thank you <coughs> two sneezes today ah uh, all right I am gonna get to work uh, I will remind you all that Jeffy Kennedy's first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts and I will talk to you all probably tomorrow and if not tomorrow then Monday you all take care have a brilliant week go out be creative do things for yourself seriously and if you figure out how to teach me you all take care bye bye. <laughs>